2: Hey everybody! Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here. Today is April fifteenth. My guest slash co-host is Baseball Prospectus' Mike Gianella. Mike and I are in a couple leagues together and play in four different, uh, at least four different community leagues. Uh, Town Wars we're in against each other, but we're also do we also do labor. We do uh, we we do Razz Slam, and we also are in TGFBI. So lots of common ground there. And of course, we're always back and forth with each other on Twitter. We had Mike on two years ago on the show. Happy to have him back again, Mike.
3: How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. Has it really been two years? Time time really flies. I thought it was last year, but it occurs to me last year with the short you know season that we didn't get to do this.
2: Yeah, and the funny thing is, like the whole thing is with this podcast, I'm trying to get a different person every Thursday, right? Uh, try to have wide represent, representation from the fancy baseball community. Ever growing. And you just look at TGFBI, you look at a lot of the events out there, it's, it's a wide, wide universe out there.
3: Yeah, I mean, we have the same challenge on our, our BP Flags Fly Forever podcast. I mean, if it were up to me, I, I'd love to have like, everybody from TGFBI on. And then the balance is you know, having someone like you or you know, you know, Saris or you know, someone that I know, there's that comfort level. So it's, it's, it's tough.
2: Yeah, um, it's great, though. It's it's great. Like, I had Micah Henry on last week. He's awesome. And that's someone that is young, too. And we're, we're trying to get you know, younger in this fancy baseball world uh, and, and just draw from more people. So, it, it's I, I think it, it's, it's great that we have this opportunity. So, I love it. Uh, a lot going on uh, in baseball. What's going on in baseball? There, are we going to have anything to talk about? Oh, yeah, just another no-hitter last night. Carlos Rodon came up hit by pitch uh, in the ninth inning away from a perfect game. Uh, what a wild story he was He was actually non-tendered in December By the White Sox Anybody could have had him uh, He re-signed in late January Retooled his mechanics He's throwing four miles an hour harder than he did last year And was hit 98 and 99 On his last couple of pitches With all that adrenaline going You know, Anybody could have had him for the taking It's kind of like when uh, Edwin Encarnacion Got DFA'd by the uh, Blue Jays The A's claimed him A's tried to slip him through the 40 man And the Jays claimed him back you know, there's a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas out there.
3: Yeah, I was thinking about JD Martinez. You know, he was yep. another one. You know, with with the Tigers, and you know, everybody, you know, kind of kind of made fun. And it's like, well, like anyone could have had him. Um, I, I think in Rodon's case you know, a lot of injuries, um, a lot of inconsistency, and then, you know, late, later on, like, some some command issues as his walks per nine, like, just continued to spike, and I know what you're saying, like, I'm a little surprised that that nobody, you know, did, or that did, someone didn't take a stab on him. I, I do wonder what makes it a little bit tougher this year, you know, is a is lack of, you know, lack of minor leagues, you know, you only have the alternate sites. Mm-hmm. Some teams might have looked at it like, well, you know, if we had a minor leagues to, to stash him in, you know, I know they're playing some games now, or some spring training at the alternate sites, but it might be a little more difficult. Still, yeah, I mean seeing what he did last night and you know looking even more so back at the potential he had, I'm a little surprised that that one team, like say like the Pirates or a second division team (laughs) say, you know what? Like let's let's see what we can do.
2: I laugh because I was just gonna throw out the Pirates as the example. What's stopping them from taking a chance? You know, and there's like 10 teams in baseball. The Texas Rangers should have been all over this. You know although it takes two. I mean maybe they were trying to sign him and he's like no I'm waiting. The, the Sox said they're going to sign me in January. It's just, you know, it could have been one of those unspoken things that we didn't know about, too. Uh, but and nonetheless, missed opportunity for a half the league. Uh, it, and this is two great stars for him. He was, he was really strong against Seattle, although he worked up his pitch count pretty high early in that one. But he, he's getting a lot of swing and miss right now. And that's the thing you'd love to see.
3: Yeah, I, and you know, again, Rodon is somebody I was pretty hot and heavy on back when he was, um, you know, back when he was a prospect. And I'll admit, like, I, I finally gave up on him just, just because you got to the point where you're like, yeah, you know, it just never looks like it's going to happen. It's kind of sad. I, I think a lot of this comes down to health. Like, if, if he's yeah. healthy and, and he can stay healthy for, you know, in, in this season where we're not expecting a lot of pitchers to you know throw even 180 innings, if he can stay healthy for 130, 140 innings, I, I think he's going to be a pretty big asset.
2: I'd agree. And the thing is, you know, it, it is health. And it, it's patience with health. It's not just that, okay, he's hurt and he's coming back. It's, okay, that first year he comes back, he's not going to have everything. Maybe not even all of the second year, especially with last year being such a weird year. It almost takes like you know three years for you to, you know, it's hard to remain patient through that. And it's hard for us as fantasy players, especially when we're dealing with imperfect information.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think what's tough is, you know, unless you're in a dynasty with really, really deep reserve lists, you know, even in keeper, like, and this is my issue with Rodon way back when, like there, there was a contract clock and I'm like, well, like how, how long can I, you know, keep extending him or, you know, pushing more of an investment into him. And that, that's what really makes it tough. The other piece too, you know, we, we see this with and and Freddie Peralta, there, there's so many pitchers that kind of fall under the line. And, you know, even in a 15 team mixed draft, that you kind of feel like, well, I'm, I'm going to find one of these guys, like even if I don't necessarily draft them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's smart. I and mean, you know, thing is, you know, you, you keep on digging with that. You keep on trying to find like the next Devin Williams as Scott Pianowski always likes to say, uh, you know, don't try to, to jump on maybe that guy, but get the next one of those guys pay attention. Uh, and it might be uh, the kid in Boston, for instance, uh, the real five pick. And his name has escaped me with the. Um, it will come to me by the time I, th- I finish my thought, but uh, we, we, but you know it's just the point is they're plentiful. You just have to keep looking the pop up. With starting pitchers, it's a little harder to find those guys.
3: Yeah, it's a little hard. I know with relievers, you're you're absolutely right. Like they're are a dime a dozen, and you Whitlock. know Scott's right. Give yeah, I I, I I had a feeling you were talking about Whitlock. Um, I, I just didn't want to like say the wrong name. Um. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, starting pitchers, it's a little more challenging unless you're in a standard mix. But you know, I think even so, I've I've, I've kind of gotten ADP off my brain. But like Rodon, I know was like nowhere with ADP. Like everyone, if he was taken at all, like in TGFBI or NFBC, he he was a reserve pick. Like he wasn't somebody who anyone was really even looking at. To, he was someone I think we were looking at in March of like, you know what? I'll take him on reserve. I'll see what he does for a start, or maybe maybe two starts. And if he stinks or he's hurt, I I just cut him.
2: Yeah, and you know, list got him in tout in the reserve rounds of ale and ale only league. Crying out loud. Um, yes, it just shows uh, you know how, how far off the radar he was
3: for us this year.
2: And he, you know there were reports at the end of the spring training they had won the job, but you know you really had to be kind of paying pretty close attention to that.
3: Yeah, I agree, and and even so, like you know, as a fifth starter in an American League team, like even an AL only, you know, given that park, you know, I know he's got a good team behind him and an improved defense, but in that park, you're kind of like, mm, you know, maybe there's there's better plays I can make. I know an AL tout for me. I already had a bunch of starters active, and I, I draft. I, I purchased eight. I didn't want to add any more in reserve. I wanted to make all my closer plays there. Um, I actually got Julian Merriweather, which I know you've you've praised me for offline. Which you know, right now he's hurt, but looked good for you know a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of that's just strategy too. Like you know, some of that is like well, like even today only there's only so many like stabs I can take. Like my stab there was Casey Mize, and like for a buck. And while Rodon right now looks better, I don't feel bad about Mize. Like no, my is., been all. Again, had, been a pedigreed
2: good. guy, getting a chance, you know, struggled initially, and struggled in spring training, too, is the funny thing. And that's probably why you only got him for a buck. Uh, yeah. You know, that also, you know, that's why he didn't get brought up sooner. Uh, but, yeah, so far so good as far as that goes. That was fun to watch him against the Astros. We'll talk more about that series in a second. Um, finishing up on this no-hitter, I mean, this game, there's a couple other stories in this one. Your mean Mercedes hit a ball that just landed uh, in that game, the first inning. Just continues to crush. Uh, I I got him in my home league actually. I, I, that's the one place I was able to pick him up, and that was a close but spirited bid.
3: Was he um Was he UT or DH only there? Because I, I know just about everywhere except I think ESPN leagues where he's catcher eligible. Um, he's DH only. Like so, I know I, I've gotten squeezed out in most places because, like you, I love Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, so my home league, he just wasn't an option. And most leagues aren't like tout AL where you can carry like two DHs. So I, I really like Mercedes, and yeah, that, that's just why I don't have him. It's, it's it's tough. Like I noticed in Labor AL, which we're not in only two or three people bid on him and it was because like everybody already had a dh um can't reserve people there so right. you know i think you, that's, that was a big yeah, factor you, of that you always say it, it's like all politics is local like that that's sometimes a large part of it like i could see somebody looking at labor and going why why mercedes go for two and why nobody bid on him it's like well you know it, it's because eight teams literally couldn't bid on him
2: that's right uh that that, that that's right and You know, the thing is, in my home league, I didn't have a DH. And we have a – we're a little – are we got a lot of weird rules in my AL home league. uh, You have to qualify a DH. In other words, you had to have the number of – you can't just put anybody there. It's not a utility spot. It's actually a DH spot. It's also AL only 4x4 but with Milwaukee because when we started this league, Milwaukee was still in the AL. And we have some Brewers fans in the league, so they kind of lobby to keep it. But uh, it's – and it's four by four. It's instead of two hundred and sixty, we go fifteen dollars and use dime increments. Except you can buy 20, 20 players with your two, with your fifteen, or you could buy all you know twenty six, including your three reserves, if you wanted to. I mean, it, it's it's pretty wild.
3: Yeah, that is interesting. My my four by four is a little little more traditional. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at the I'm kind of curious to what other White Sox angles you you want to talk about because they certainly are. Yeah, I mean they they certainly are an interesting team. I mean a lot of a lot of young players there who you know I, I'm intrigued by, and then you know someone like Andrew Vaughn where you know you you think often he did play in that game, but you know he should be on a milk carton because he hasn't played that much.
2: <laughs> yeah, not as much as we'd like. It's like why is he up if he's not playing every day or at least three out of every four days, but. Uh, so that that's tricky. Uh, the other news for them is Tim Anderson came back today and, of course, singled on the first pitch and has already scored a run. Uh, getting him back is a big part of that team.
3: Yeah, I, I think we'll talk about him later when we check out of my leagues. But, yeah, he, he's on one of my important teams. And, yeah, it, it's good to have him back. And, you know, I, the thing you always want to see with him, you know, he, he's defied the the BABIP gods, you know, and, and the style of player he is. You wouldn't expect him to hit over 300, but he's done it. And you know, I I, I think this the skill is there. Like maybe I, I know this has been talked about in the preseason. He might not be a 320 hitter, um, but it's pretty easy to see him hitting like 280, 290 with just just with the skill, bat to ball skills, you know, and how hard he hits the ball, you know, despite the low walk rate. Right. Uh,
2: the other angle in this game was Zach Plesac getting crushed. Uh, he went two thirds of an inning, gave up six runs on seven hits, including that homer. Uh, went, f- you know, went from his ERA went from 138 to 527. All things considered, 527-132 isn't that bad in April. Uh, It's something you can recover from, but this, this particular outing was brutal.
3: Yeah, I, I mean there, there's some pitchers. You know, I, I know Jacob Degrom. The he one is you know sigh in a full season. I think he had a 405 one of those years son, a 5 7. But yeah, you, you can recover. And I'm not comparing Police Act to Degrom. Just more building on your point that a 5 7 after two or three outings isn't fatal. But it, it was funny. I didn't even see the start because I, I went to turn the game on and he was coming out and and Stephen Trevor Stephen or is it Stefan? I'm, I'm not sure which was was coming in. Um, so I didn't even see it. So I, I can't even offer informed commentary on what Police Act did or, or didn't. Um, I guess there's a good thing to say is he didn't walk the park, so he was yeah. certainly throwing yeah. strikes. They were just hitting it. He was
2: giving rockets. They were they were all rockets. They weren't cheap hits, too. That was, yeah. that was the thing that was interesting. You know, it was the first start he had that wasn't against Detroit. <laughs> I mean, you could say it, from, look at it from that angle. First tough start you know, last year uh, against the White Sox. He had mixed uh, mixed returns. He Actually, his last start against the White Sox uh, in September last year wasn't great. Four runs and six and two-thirds, but you'll live with that. Seven Ks, he's still got in that one. But he crushed the White Sox earlier on in that season. Had two really good uh, outings against the White Sox, including the infamous one, I think, that led to him going on a night on the town afterward. But uh, uh, I, I I don't have any police act this year because typically he was going sooner than I wanted to take him. Uh, I, I was pushing down Central Division pitchers. In particular, Cleveland scared me a little bit, even though just because they, they the lineups they faced were so... You know, fantasy friendly, um, but yeah, not not declaring victory on this one because the White Sox are really pretty tough.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I didn't have any police sack, and I, I was lower than everybody else. But yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to go too far to there on police sack and and say he's a bum. You know, he's going to put up a four or five. I think he's a good pitcher. Um, like I was just expecting more of like a three five. You know, this year, like something in in that ballpark you know, as opposed to, you know, the, the era he put up last year, which, you know, was a two, two, eight. And I, I, I think this is the thing about 2020. If somebody in eight starts puts up a two, two, eight, you're going to look at it and think it's you know unsustainable. I think a lot of people have looked at last year's numbers and go, Ooh, you know, maybe he can put up a three or a two, nine. It's like, well, that's hard for almost any pitcher to do unless they're a true ace. And that's, that's just it with police. Like, I I think he's fine. I just don't think he's a true ace caliber on that level. Yeah. Um, uh- and I have,
2: I mean, I'm not that far off. I think I had like, like a late fifth round grade on him, uh, maybe early six, which could have gotten him in some leagues. But yeah, I agree. I was one pick away from getting him in TGFBI. Uh, actually, I, I think I took a hitter right before him because I was sitting at the two spot. So I was thinking I'd get him on the way back if he came to me. He did not come to me. Uh,
3: I who knows? I might be. I still. Might, I might be
2: regretting that later. Might maybe not. We'll see.
3: Yeah, I mean maybe you can trade from in tout. I don't know who has them, but that that's the nice thing about, you know, some of the leagues we're in is you can you can always make trades if you have some some FOMO.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or play DFS. One of those two. Just hopefully you didn't play DFS last night, uh, with him. Uh he was on Larry Schechter's roster, by the way. Um so uh Larry, Larry does trade, so it, it's possible. Um let's move on. Uh, the other big story in baseball was the Houston Astros having five guys uh go on the IL yesterday for the leagues. I want to get the, the phrasing right here. It's not necess- They didn't call it the COVID IL. They called it for the league's health and safety protocol concerns. If I um, and it was and it, it doesn't yeah you know, yeah you know, we don't really know exactly what happened here. There's some suggestion maybe they reacted adversely to the uh, the vaccination itself. Uh, Lance McCullers was pitching sick at, in his reaction to the vi- uh, the vaccine uh, last night. Although he didn't reveal that until the team until after the start.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't even know that. Um, that that's the first I'm hearing of that. I was kind of wondering, like, he didn't look quite right last night, and I, I thought maybe something was off. So, I mean, I'm I'm not a doctor, I, so I, I'm not sure what the reaction was, you know, or, or what happened to him. But yeah, like hearing that, it's like, oh, that that kind of that kind of adds up. And you know, it was weird what happened yesterday, right? Like we the, the news kind of broke. Um, I think it was Brian McTaggart who, who broke that news and it could, was him or another one of the Astros yeah. um, beats. But, you know, you, you see that all of a sudden you're like, whoa, like that, that just seems like such a big thing. And then you're right. Like once you dive into it, um, it it's not necessarily that serious. It doesn't like any player is going to be out for a long period, but it's more the unknown, right? It's more the idea of like, okay, well, what do I do? And in most leagues, like unless you're in a league with daily moves or, or, or deep rosters, what do you do? even the league with daily moves is tough because unless you have a, a deep reserve list or a limited IL, you're you're still kind of stuck because you're you're not going to cut Jose Altuve or Alex Bregman, you know, because they're going to be out for a few days. Like it just you know wouldn't compute.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: Um, so you know, the, the tough part is like you know, w- w- which is tough for us is more like the NFBC or you know TGFBI and uh, uh, where you have the moves on Friday for the weekend. Do you bench them or do you hope that they come back on Saturday? That's the tough part. We're hoping to just dig for the right information on that.
3: Yeah, and then you know you have some cases like you know my TGFBI. I already have so many players on reserve who are like injured yep. that I I don't even think I can do anything with Bregman even if I wanted to. That's not quite true. I'm looking now. I, I could I could slide Vado to corner I think and, and put Gregory Polanco in. So yeah, that's the question. It's like, well, do I want three days of Gregory Polanco who has outside of yesterday really hasn't looked good? Um, or do I wait and hope that I maybe get a, a game out of Bregman's?
2: It's a tough call. It's a tough call. I've, and you know, there, it's a travel day today. I don't even know if they traveled with the team. Uh, so that would be something to, to you know keep an eye on. And just you know, get wait until the last as late as you possibly can. You just have to figure out and uh, you know exactly like who, who's going to be uh, get, you know who, who's going to be playing when and where. And that, you know, that reminds me to bring up the schedule, see if there are any day games tomorrow. I'm assuming the Cubs are at home, but it's early season. They may not. Friday night, they almost all. Friday is almost all I
3: think the it's, day it's. I think it's just the Cubs tomorrow, unless something has changed because of, yeah, it's just the Cubs. Atlanta you know. and the Cubs. That's, that's yeah. the only
2: day game tomorrow. Hey, it's a normal baseball day. Don't get me wrong. I love this slew of day games. I've actually thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, as someone who gets to work from home, that, that's really nice. And just being able to just throw it on while I'm working
3: yeah i like it too um you know my rule about games is i kind of wish there were like two day games just in case there's a rain out yeah. like so tomorrow for example if something you know goes wrong with the weather with the cubs and you've got nothing then it's like ah uh, like i was kind of banking on that one game and, and now i have nothing to watch
2: yeah that's true also you may you may just have to do work or something i don't
3: know Uh yeah god forbid
2: yeah, can't allow that um okay but, uh, you know, looking at the Astros as a whole, they got swept from the t- by the Tigers. So it wasn't just yesterday. I mean, you mentioned Casey Miser earlier. He threw a gem. Uh, then Jake Odorizzi got, was getting homered against repeatedly uh, by Akil Badu and, and others and friends. Uh, and then yesterday, of course, uh, McCullers didn't have his best stuff, and he, he got knocked around pretty good.
3: Yeah, isn't it funny how like a week ago we were all talking about how bad the athletics were, and I, I think I heard you and Scott Jensen. I know Scott's an A's fan, and you know he he was despondent over the A's. And you know, a, a week later, uh, the Houston gets swept. They're they're six and six. Uh, they're they're in third place. You know, coming into today in the in the AL West and. Uh, the A's are right there. The A's are a game behind them. The Angels are seven and five. It's wide open again. It, it just things, things change in a hurry. Hurry. That's always the same with April, right? Like we're we're always like looking at what what recently happened, but it's it just we're still twelve games in. Like there's still yep. so much that's that's going to change.
2: Red Sox have won nine in a row after getting swept by the Orioles, but they're losing a day to Michael Pineda, getting shut out two nothing in the sixth. Uh, oh, you know,
3: things can change really quickly in this game, and that, that's yeah. part of the beauty of it. I have Pineda on the bench and in the one league I, I have him in, so I'm a little bummed out. I, I moved him just because of uh, the, the uh, postponement on Monday, and I wasn't sure it was happening You know, with uh, with the staff there.
2: Sure. you know, In a situation like that, what do you root for? Do you root for him just knowing that, okay, yay, I, I'll have a good player, or you, do you want him to like not get the win just so you feel a little bit better about not having him active?
3: I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, if he could have the good performance and not get the win, that would be the best of both worlds. Like if he goes, you know, six innings, right. gives up a run and it's a no decision, mm-hmm. then you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, he had the good outing, but I, I didn't lose a win because, you know, wins and saves this year, we, we know saves in particular, like they're so precious. Like they're so hard oh, yeah. to to come by and figure out. So if you leave a win on your bench, if you leave a good outing on your bench, you're like, yeah, whatever, I mean, it happens. If you leave a win on your bench, you're like, ah, I really, really could have used that.
2: I left David Peterson
3: on my bench yesterday in three leagues. 10 Ks oh. and a win. Well, but, but I mean, the thing about that, I mean, I, I can't say I blame you. Like I, I, I had him active in labor NL cause I had to, but I, I, I don't blame you. Like he looked well, yeah. bad. Like there, was, there was no reason to, to really start him unless you're in an NL only. And even then, like if in labor, if I could, could have reserved him, I, I might've.
2: Yeah. Well, and you know, like, originally he was scheduled to do Monday against the Phillies. And then, then this weekend against the Rockies in Coors Field. And then, of course, the the suspended game happened on on Sunday. They decided to bring Stroman back, uh, you know, t- in two days instead of making wait his full five days. That pushed Peterson back, so he instead he gets this a one start. Still, Phillies knocked him around last time. Have a lot of good right handed bats. You're like, eh, I don't yes. want any part of that. Uh, but. Yeah, you know, at least I'll have two stars from him next week, and he'll probably stink, but that's all right. Uh, I actually do like him. I, I like his I, skills
3: a little bit. Yeah, I, I do too. And it's it's really funny because I've heard a lot of people be like utterly dismissive of Peterson, and I don't oversell him. Like he's he's not the Ian Anderson, you know, Sixto no. Sanchez level by by any means, but he has a future as like a, an SP three, SP four. Like he he's got decent enough stuff that he's not just a. You know, if it works out, but he's not a fringe garbage pitcher. I think we kind of saw that last night. Like he he went out and dominated a, a pretty good lineup. Like it wasn't like he, you know, went out and dominated the Rangers or the Pirates or you know, a crummy team.
2: Right. Yeah, outdueled uh, Wheeler in this one. It was it was pretty impressive. Uh, so, by the way, that rain-up today means Degrom has to go in Coors Field instead, uh, and Efflin gets pushed on another day too. But uh, that that you know, I, I'm big on Efflin this year. I have him in a lot of places
3: yeah I mean, he's one of my biggest fomo guys like i i really liked him coming in and, and somehow got him nowhere uh and you know some of that was in two of my nl leagues i i just spent well in one of them he came out really early and i i didn't want to like spend on him at that point and in, in labor you know with the stars and scrubs i did i was just out of money uh so yeah little little fomo with him i i really wish i had him more than i do which is i don't <laughs> yeah
2: yeah that, that, i hate it when that happens uh you know and that that's that,
3: that that yeah. But you know what? That's why why DFS exists. You know, I, I feel like yeah. it's better than that than adding yet another league. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I I you know, Vlad Grow Jr., I, I thought he was overpriced everywhere and I don't have him anywhere and I play him constantly DFS because I really like him, you know, as a player. I, I just didn't, you know, want to pay like, you know, the thirty plus he was going for in salary cap draft leagues or you know, the, the fourth or fifth round price that he was going for in draft leagues. Right.
2: Got a handful of injuries to go through real quick. Uh, Byron Buxton out of the lineup again today. He's dealing with uh, mild like soreness in his hamstring. Uh, they, they keep on trying to downplay it there. Are you worried at all?
3: I think you always have to worry a little bit with Buxton just just because, you know, I, I'm not a believer in injury prone, but he is a player who, you know, plays hard. You know, we, we know his history. We, we know he's, you know, I, I think my bigger way with Buxton, he's going to come back too soon and aggravated and miss a long period. Like, look, we, we know the talent is there with him. We, we know he can potentially be a great player. He's just never outside of, I think, you know, and I'm like looking up as we're talking, I, I think outside of one season. Yeah. He's never played more than like 92 games in, in a season. So that that's the piece you're always worried about with Buxton. Um, I, I don't think this injury is necessarily going to, you know, keep him out for that long. I just hope he doesn't rush back.
2: Yeah. Well, and today sitting out is maybe a, a good illustration of the Twins' desire to be that way, too. Because there was tightness in his hamstring. He, you know, there was a lot of, uh, if it mattered, he could have sort of talked, you know, or something like that. Mm. Um, not that I, I'm overstating the case of what the, what the phraseology they used. They didn't use those words, but um, – yeah, you know, I, I think that is it's, they did a good job of kind of using some restraint with him. Although, when you have him in a league, you don't like seeing it. But then again, maybe you do because you're getting him in the long, long run. Uh, let's keep moving on this one here. You mentioned Julian Mayerweather. Uh, you have him in AL Tout Wars. He's on the
3: IL. Is it Jordan Romano again? I mean, they haven't actually announced a closer, have they? No, they really haven't. And like even with you know Merriweather as great as he's looked, like he, he never was really announced as the closer. It still feels more like a, a situational uh, team. If anything, because of what happened with Merriweather, I'm less re- I'm more reluctant to just buy in Romano and say he's the closer. I would guess he is, and and you know, it's one of those situations where hopefully you didn't drop Romano if you had him already, um, you know, outside of like a standard mix. Um, I, I'd have to think Romano's a favorite just because the, the bullpen is, is thin enough. You know, I know some people like Delys, but I, I have to think it's Romano. But yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily. You know, if he was dropped, like put a, put a big fat like fat bit on him, assuming he's going to be the guy.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that one there. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Delys came into the game yesterday in the eighth inning of that Yankees game. It was a tie game, but you know that, that's that's a, a tiny indicator of like how they intend to do the usage.
3: Yeah, I think that's right. You know, I I, I would guess, and you know, the, the thing with Romano that that got everyone a tizzy with Meriwether is, you know, Romano came in in that one game a couple of weeks ago, you know, faced the top of the Yankee order, and then you know, Meriwether facing was four, five, six in that game. People are Like, oh, you know, Romano's facing the best part of the order. It's like, well, I mean, the Yankees four, five, six hitters aren't slouches. It's not no. like you know they yeah. brought Meriwether in to face like the the bottom of the Rangers order or or something like that. So, yeah, I, I I'd guess it's Romano, but it's it just such a I, I, I kind of look at that bullpen. It, it could be David Phelps. It could be Ryan Barucki. I I I, I got to think it's going to be Romano, though. But, again, I wouldn't go, like, whole hog on him.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, and probably wasn't dropped yet in most leagues anyhow. So we'll see. Kendall Graveman got the save today against the Orioles. Rafael Montero pitched the six. I have Montero in one league, but we could see this one coming. When he blew yeah. the save uh, the other day against the Orioles, in their first doubleheader on Tuesday, uh, now now this is another seven inning game. This is uh, the first game he pitched the sixth, and Graven pitched the seventh.
3: Yeah, so um, I you know you were mentioning like uh, young people, um, you know, or people who are, are kind of worth following. Um, I, I want to mention him, and I don't want to get him wrong. Um, so it's it's Mikey Aledo of Pitcher List. I don't know if you know who that is. I do. Um, but he he was all over. Um, it's D Y S T H Y Mikey uh, on Twitter, by the way. Um, he was all over Grape and like very early, like at the beginning of the season. He's like, this is for real. You know, he, he's throwing 99 out of the bullpen. Um, he, he's the guy he's going to take over. It's not going to be Middleton. And I have to admit, I was middle, I thought it'd be Middleton, um, before, (laughs) you know, if if they made a move or replacement. So yeah, I I think Grayman is, is the closer now and I I have him in three leagues. Unfortunately, I don't have him in tout. I'm kind of, (laughs) kind of bummed about that. I, kind of knew it was going to be him and didn't bid aggressively enough like the, the first week. But yeah, I, I I think Grayman is, is the guy and and the skills are there too with him that I, I don't see him giving up the job, like barring, barring injury. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that one there. I mean, I think it's his now, And so possession is nine-tenths of the law, as Chris likes to always say on the XM show. Uh, It's pretty clear. That's the hierarchy. So we'll see how it goes. You know, Marco Gonzalez got his first win. He looked terrible in the first inning of this game uh, and then shut him down for four more innings after that. And, you know, I don't love seven-inning doubleheaders. I'm okay with it. You know, I had another Twitter thread going. It's like, give me the seven. I'll take the seven-inning doubleheaders if we could get rid of the man on second base and the extra innings. That's how I feel about the new, those new rules. What do you think?
3: Oh, I could not agree more. I mean, I I, I get the seven-inning doubleheaders. And, and honestly, if you really are interested in making games shorter, not that I want this, I'd rather have all seven-inning games than the goofiness of a runner on second base in, in the 10th inning. It, it's so... Give me ties even. I, I'd, I'd rather take a tie after, say, 11 or 12 innings than, than this. It, it just doesn't feel like baseball. It feels you know, almost like having a home run hitting contest or you know, a, a pass, you know, punt and kick competition in the NFL. It just doesn't quite feel right.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. I, 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 just, I, I understand that you don't want to, like, tax the bullpen too much, but, my goodness, there's 13 pitchers, 14 pitchers on every active roster now. How taxing can it be?
3: Yeah, I, I again with I think with COVID last year, and you know it, it being more prevalent and, and cases being higher, I I understood this year right now makes some sense. But as we get into the you know hopefully you know we don't need to get into you know Anderson Simmons and all that. Hopefully, as the majority of players you know get vaccinated and and COVID's less prevalent in MLB, then this won't be an issue. So right. I I, I kind of wish they could change this mid year. I, I just know they won't. Right. Well, I kind of think these are here to stay. I think they're. I I think so too.
2: Like a lot of rules, you know, that are often considered temporary emergency rules in all walks of life, they have a nagging tendency to stick around.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be a chip in, in the next CBA, um, but it doesn't seem like something the players are necessarily going to push back on. And I, I, I think the the intent of both of the rules makes sense. Like, I, I kind of get the idea if you're a player, you don't want to be playing a regular season game that's five or six hours long. I know it rarely happens, but I, I, I get that. I just wish, again, I just wish there were a better way to fix this than the runner on second in extra innings. Same,
2: Same here. Another injury note, Max Freed goes on the I.L. Uh, speaking of rule changes, uh, he hurt himself running the bases. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a mixed emotions here, though. I mean, pitchers should be able to run. I mean, running isn't really a skill. You know, it, you know I, don't, I, I guess maybe there's a burst issue, maybe something like that. But I, I don't think this is necessarily a bullet point in favor of the uh, universal D.H., even though I'm in favor of the universal
3: D.H. Yeah, so I'm with you and the reason I want a universal DH is pitchers stink at hitting. Right. And and you know, we, we talk about entertainment and all that. I don't want to watch a pitcher. Yeah, I know once in a while like Jacob McGrom hits a home run or Jake Arrieta hits a home run. But you know, it it's like the once in a while, you know, a position player pitching throws a ninety five mile an hour fastball. Generally it's just not entertaining. Um yeah, and as far as the injury piece goes, I I get it. Like pitchers you know, sometimes get hurt. I, I feel like it's anecdotal though, and it's just one of those things where, like for example, when Eloy Jimenez got hurt in spring training, nobody shouted, "Oh, he's a bad fielder; like he shouldn't play the field." There, there should Actually, be multiple. Some did. Well, okay, I, I miss that, I
2: guess. But... I have some White Sox stands that were that way, and honestly, he he does have a rep as a bad fielder,
3: uh... right? But, but I, I guess my broader point is there, there wasn't like a, a broad feeling of like, let, let's have four designated fielders, you know, let's do this, let's do that, let, let's revamp the game. Um, I don't think pitchers should hit because they they stink at hitting. You know, as far as the injury thing goes, I, I feel like that's very anecdotal. And yes, pitchers do get hurt batting. They also get hurt fielding, though. And, you know, should should we have designated fielders or like a, a dead zone around the pitcher's mound because pitchers
0: are that valuable? because. Then- Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: That's really what the argument is. The argument is pitchers are so valuable at their skill, pitching, and we love to watch great pitchers pitch, that we don't ever want to see them get hurt like running the bases or, or batting. It's like... A- well, I, I get that, but like if you feel they're that valuable, you probably need to do that too. You probably need to put up like a you know, like a cage around them or you know, at, at least a shield around them on the mound and make that a dead zone where where it's a dead ball if the ball gets it back to them. Which which again really isn't I'm not suggesting that. It really isn't baseball, but if you really feel that strongly, like that's that's the solution, no. Right.
2: I, I, I agree. I, I think that's right. Um let's move on. Uh
1: According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply.
2: Okay, let's move on real quick here. Uh, I, you know, before we get to look at your, uh, uh, your labor, tout, and TGFBI and Ratslam leagues, I want to talk about the Atlantic League. They frequently use, is, is used as a little bit of a laboratory for new rules or, or new, new setups. And one of those is uh, there, there's two rules they're using for this season. Uh, one of which is the idea at halfway through the season, they're going to move the mound back by a foot. So instead of 60 feet, six inches, it'll be 61 feet, six inches. Uh, the the idea here is to try to give the hitters a little bit of a help. Uh, you know, batting average has been on a long decline. They're two league wide batting average is 235. strikeouts have been going up for 15 years. Uh, Every single year it's been going up. Velocity is uh, way up across the board. I see the motivation for all this. Uh, I actually think I kind of like this rule change. What do you think?
3: Um, I, I, I like it in theory. I, I do worry a little bit about the law of unintended consequences, and it may be going too far the other way. So it's not just the strikeouts. So, so the big issue in baseball is, is the lack of balls in play or the lack, lack of action, or at least that, that's one of the issues, is that lots of strikeouts, lots of home runs, lots of walks, and... You know for for you and I who love baseball and can appreciate the nuances, I don't think we care. But I think for a young fan trying to get a game, like you, you just feel like you're sitting around watching nothing, right, or watching you know the pitcher and catcher play catch. and then a home run where you know a guy trots around the bases. So I feel like you're fixing part of the problem where you're you're lowering the strikeouts, but unless you're gonna revamp like you know the ball or you know move the fences back forty or fifty feet so that there's more doubles and triples as opposed to home runs, I feel like you're only fixing some of the problem, right? Because you're still going to have like the walks. You're still going to have the the home runs. So I, I think it's, it's, in, it's an interesting idea, and I'd kind of like to see it explored in this you know in the Atlantic lead in an experimental way. Right. I'm just not sure how it's going to actually work or if it's going to necessarily like fix the issue of not enough action. I think it just might shift it to more home runs as opposed to the strikeouts.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe so. I I I just want more contact in the game. I just want fewer strikeouts, fewer walks, more balls in play. Although I guess you know if if defense and shifting is so good, that's a big aspect of you know doing well with balls in play uh, as well. But I uh, I think that uh, you know I, I I as much as you know you, you write for BP, I write for write for Redwire, and you know both of us have been in favor of a lot of analytical advancements in the game i think in a way the game is a little less fun to watch right now than it has been in the past there's too much uh three true outcomes
3: yeah although you know i I think part i agree i think part of it too though is the analytic bent has led to teams like tanking you know led to teams not trying I, i think some of these problems that we see you know still tie back to the fact like look at the Like we kind of look at the no hitters that we've had, you know, the Joe Musgrove, no hitter in particular against a Rangers team that really is, is fielding a a terrible team and, and a terrible offense in particular. I'm not taking anything away from Joe Musgrove, but I think we're, I think that's kind of what we're seeing. Like we're, we're seeing more of this imbalance, like across the board where, you know, part of the reason some of these pitchers are, are racking up the strikeouts or these great performances is they're facing lineups that quite honestly would not have been as bad, even at the bottom you know, it used to be you, you. everybody tried to win and or at least tried to win 65, 70 games for a competitive team on the field. The imperative for that isn't really there anymore, and some of it is, you know, analytics. But I think some of the teams figured out, like, well, we, we can make just as much money winning 55 games as we can winning 75.
2: Yeah, uh, and I get that to a certain extent. It depends on if you're backing that up with investments in your farm system, investments in the international players. Things of that nature, as opposed to just selling off players. Like, I'm not going to call out any teams pirates uh, or anything like that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's the other thing that's kind of weird, too, is, you know, the Rangers just opened a new ballpark. Usually, teams, it used to be when you get a new ballpark, you kind of try to ramp up to be good in that first season in the new ballpark. That's no longer seems to be a concern.
3: Yeah, and I I think some of it, you know, to think of even a good model like the White Sox, who, you know, look like a fun and competitive team right now. They probably were a year or two later than you would have expected, or at least I would have expected. And you know, there was a similar situation, you know, they not they they had a you know kind of an exciting situation like newer ballpark, and you thought, oh, they're they're going to start spending, and and they kind of waited a year or two to to spend, and they certainly did it. And to your point, I think they did things the right way with some of the you know young talent they brought in um you know some some of the you know foreign imports and you know some of the trades they made but it's still like i think it's frustrating as a fan cuz you're like i i want to see like more action on the field like some something i i think i sent this note to you, like you know pre-show as far as averages dropping um Averages in April are actually lower like than they are sure. you know, over the course of the season. Like and I think the last four years they were from 0.004 to 0.008 lower. So the averages should eventually jump up. Don't get me wrong, they're they're still low and, and it's definitely a trend. But something I can't help thinking that's tied into are you know, players you know, who are held down for service time where you don't see them for the first month or see them for the first couple of weeks. You know, and, and we see some of these players in lineups right now where it's like, yeah, this this guy really wouldn't be there if we didn't have these service time concerns. Again, it's not all of it. I'm not saying that's, that's the, the reason for, you know, in, in .008 like, difference in batting average. Uh, but it was definitely something to think about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we didn't have an April or May last year.
2: We, we jumped right into July, so late July as far as that goes. Um, so, yeah, the other, one, the other rule they're doing is tying the DH to the starting pitcher. Uh, when you take out the starting pitcher, you, the team loses their DH – Ideas are trying to get teams to use the starting pitcher later. Maybe discourage them from using an opener. I don't hate the opener, Mike. I I'm, I, I don't love it, but I, I definitely don't hate it. And I think it's kind of gimmicky. This rule. I I want to see fewer. As we were saying earlier, pitchers stink at hitting. Why do I want to see more of that?
3: Yeah, I, I think the other problem with this too is that if you're going to do this, and, and and this is even true if you're going to keep the pitcher hitting and not have a universal DH you know, you're old enough to remember you really need to go back to having like 14 or 15 hitters overall with like six or seven hitters on the bench and, yep. Part of what made the NL game fun wasn't the pitcher hitting; it was the idea of double, like true double switches. You know, even the strategy where you know the manager bringing a lefty to face the righty. You know, the other manager bringing a pitcher. You know, pitching change, and then you have someone pinch hit, where you know that first hitter never even got into the game. And as as a kid, I remember being like, "Wow, like this this is great! Like this is you know this, this is chess. This is fun." And, and now with like four hitters on the bench. You've already got a problem where it, it, it's just a, a dreaded game of like pinch hitter, pinch hitter, pinch hitter. Oh, great! A pitcher's going to pinch hit for another pitcher because the bench is empty. Yeah, um, so I, I don't want to see that. I feel like this on the bench and one of those yeah. is a catcher. Well, it was a catcher, right? So I, I feel like this is just going to kind of exacerbate that. And unfortunately, I, I think what it's trying to do is it's trying to get teams to be like, all right, well, stick with your starter for you know six, seven innings, whatever. It's like, well. I I don't think teams are going to do that. I think teams still look at it like, well, the the starter is not as efficient the third time through the lineup. We just want to pull him. So it's just going to lead to more DHs, you know, not hitting. And yeah, I I like watching JD Martinez and Nelson Cruz hit. Like why, why do I want to see them out of the game in the sixth inning?
2: Yeah. Uh, And I, I think it's also, I think it's more like, yeah. And that is annoying. That is really annoying. Now this is, hopefully this doesn't get out of the Atlantic league. And maybe this is like they want to see their pitchers develop more and, you know, trying to discourage openers in the minor leagues or something, I guess. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. But uh, anyhow, um, yeah, that, that, that one is – those are the two ones. They, they, they experimented with robot umps last year. There's been other experiments that they've done in the past. Uh, it's, it's kind of a fun league to do that. Uh, quick note from our friends at Underdog. Football season approaches and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog. Best ball is the ultimate test of your live draft skills since there's no in-season management. That's right. Draft your team, and Underdog automatically credits you with your best-performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about trades. It's just the draft. Who doesn't love drafting? In Underdog best ball, you can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management, saving you loads of time. Underdog's best ball leagues are drafting right now, starting at just $3.00. Once the season starts, Underdog also has Daily Fantasy and an all-new Pick'em game. Go download the, download the Underdog app now to get in on some best ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with your first deposit, and Underdog will honor a money-back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in your app store and enter promo code RODOWire. All right, I'm, with, uh, I'm Jeff Erickson. I'm here with Mike Gianella from Baseball Prospectus. Mike, let's talk uh, expert leagues. We just did a read for uh, a, a best ball league. One of the ones that you and I are both doing is Raz Slam, uh, which is modeled after the NFBC cut line. Uh, it's a points league. It's best ball. Uh, and we had two very different drafts. Uh, obviously, we're not in the same league. Uh, ours was very hitter heavy. Yours was somewhat pitcher heavy. It was similar to more of the season-long drafts that we're in. How's it going so far there?
3: Uh it's going okay. I I think I'm in I'm in a tough league in the sense that um I, I think I'm in fourth or fifth. I'm I'm pulling it up now. Uh but I'm I'm kind of on the yeah, I'm in fifth, but I'm like 71st overall, which isn't bad, like given how many teams there are you know overall at all the Raz slams. Uh you know, I, I've had some injuries early. Uh, Bellinger, you know, we we mentioned Bregman. Uh but the funny thing about the approach, you know, you mentioned this with pitching. So I, I didn't take pitching until like the seventh or eighth round. I think Zach Granke is my ace. Uh, but I, I went deep in pitching, so I have Steve Matz. Like I have a couple other pitchers like that who have, have worked out really well. And, and that's kind of the key to these contests is, yeah, the, the, the players on top are certainly important, but it's the volume that matters. And you know, if you can get some like, plays late – like Steve Matz someone I wouldn't have touched in a non-best ball league. But a league like this, I'm like, well, you know, if he works out and there's still something left, great. If there isn't, I cut him in the first fab period, which, which we just had on Tuesday.
2: Right. And so who did you end up getting uh, uh, in fab and who did you end up cutting?
3: I was more conservative in Fab than I, I should have been, um, perhaps because I I didn't get that much. Um, I cut, let's see, uh, Julio Tehran. Like I mostly cut injured players, so I cut Kirby Yates. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, you know he's he was my easy first cut. or second closer. Easy. Yeah, so, yeah, most of my cuts were easy. Like so, I cut Kirby Yates. I cut Julio Tehran. Um, I cut Josh Lindblom or Lindblom. I, I cut Joaquin Soria. Um, and then uh, I cut Orlando Arcia, who I was, I think, was my last or next to last pick. So, yeah, they, and players I got weren't that exciting. Um, uh, I got Donovan Solano, which again, in this in this league uh, where where volume kind of matters and also hot hand matters, it, it's nice because if Solano's a great week, I, he's in my lineup. If he doesn't, you know, he replaced Arcia, and he's probably just on my bench. Um, I, I got a Trevor Cahill. Um, probably the one big player I got was Kendall Graven, who I got for a buck. <laughs> we were just talking about him. Uh, and he was my eighth choice of like all these different like closers that, that were on my list. So I, I was pretty happy getting Graven for a buck. I think he's going to wind up closing.
2: Yeah, that's why you fill out your seventh and eighth options. Sometimes they, they work out, and especially in, in a best ball, where you want to have every single roster spot being employed in some sort of form. Uh, yeah, so I, I I think that's great. Uh, I picked up Lou Trevino and I picked up Zach McKinstry uh, McKinstry, uh, which that one went unopposed, which frankly I was a little surprised about. Uh, that I, I got him for I, I way overpaid for him, kind of for one fifteen, but I, I I know playing time is the concern with him. But again, yeah. it's kind of it's best ball, so all it has to t- do is like get a hot week and you know, he can if he's not making outs and he gets you has two or three good games, that's probably going to be good for your, for your lineup that week.
3: Yeah. But best ball really makes you think differently because yeah, like I I think in like other leagues, you're like, Oh, you know, if he's, if he's a flash in the pan or if he's a part-timer, he's not worth it. But you're absolutely right. Like all it takes is if McKinstry's worth it for two or three weeks and and has a strong, strong two or three weeks. That that's great in this kind of league.
2: Yeah, Uh, it is. It is. So, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's what I ended up doing. Uh, I went, I'm just, I'm middle of the pack in my league right now, I'm probably middle of the pack overall. Just mediocre start so far. Thought I was, I, I was off to a pretty good, actually mediocre last week or so, the first week or so of the season I was doing, I was on, on fire, but I guess that's why we are only two and a half weeks into the season.
3: Yeah, it's still it's still really early, and unless you're like you know way at the bottom or you know way at the top, I, I don't think there's too much to you know it's not worth obsessing.
2: Yeah, it's a fun league, it's a fun format. I don't play in points leagues, I don't play in any head to head. It's just the way I was reared was on roto. I know a lot of people that are new to the game or newer to the game, you know, were reared on points leagues, so it's a little bit different. And I see the merit for them. Like you know, Michael bringing up a point. You know, there in Roto, there's very little to distinguish between the, the positive effect of a single and a double. Uh however you know, minus you know, of course you're you know, a double and triple you know gives you greater RBI and run expectations, but the actual hit itself, there's no difference. And yet they're they're clearly better outcomes.
3: Yeah, I I, I mean I as much as I like Roto and as much as I like the category movement, um I, I do like that fact. I, I also you know something about the, this format I like is I like the idea that you know if a pitcher has a bad outing or an awful outing you're just not going to see it on your roster um, unless you you know, only drafted 10 or 11 pitchers or on a lot of injuries um, but th- that's something I like you don't have to worry it's like oh you know my pitcher gave up six runs in two innings it's going to hurt me it's like no it won't not in not Slam. In
2: no yeah. it's just it hurts you because it's just one guy that you can't use that week but yeah it, you know it doesn't have la- everlasting damage either Unlike the police sack outing yesterday, which will leave a mark for a while, uh, so that, that, mm-hmm. I think that's the difference there. All right, let's move on to t, uh, same platform, different format. TGFBI uh, also being run on the NFPC platform. Uh, what? How are you doing there? You, uh, where did you?
3: What? What did you do to start your league? I know you have. A t- is that the league where you have a bunch of injuries, right? It is, and so the funny thing in that league is i I'm in sixth place in my um, league, but what's hilarious is. My my hitting is awful. I've got eleven hitting points Ooh. and I've you know in my league, but I've seventy one pitching points. Uh, so the pitching has been phenomenal. Uh the closers, I've I've got Craig Kimbrell and Jake McGee, so I can't complain um at all. No. Uh and you know, I've got Garrett Cole, I've got Young Jing Ru at the top of the staff, along with pitchers who outside of Charlie Morton's bad outing yesterday, my pitching has been great. Uh, hitting is just where I'm really suffering. So uh, my fr- top three hitters were Alberto Mondesi, <laughs> Tim Anderson, who we talked about before, and Alex Bregman. I know Bregman just went on the IL, but it, it, it's it's just a rough beat where like no one's really performing. I got see I got CJ Crone. Everybody was like kind of glad handing themselves about high fiving, you know. Over he he's done nothing. I know it's early. I, I know things can turn around, but yeah, eleven points this early kind of makes me a little bit nervous just because. Uh, I it, it, not right now, but I, I do really need a week where, where my hitters like pick it up and, you know, just, just go off.
2: Yeah. I, I hear you on that. Uh, my TGFBI, I, I got the Pomerantz and Melanson combo. Remember this is early February. I'm like, okay, I'm good. And then those rumblings in March came, Oh, it's going to be uh Pagan. And, uh, and I I left Melanson on my bench that first week, missed out on two saves, but long, you know, long run. I won't complain too much because that, that was still a windfall in a way. But, uh, all in all, pretty competitive team. Uh, you know, I'm fourth in my league, and Ariel Cohen's in this league. It's a it's a tough league. Dan Strafford's in this league. Uh, Justin Mason. It's actually Justin Mason's league, too. Uh, so it's, it's a tough league. Ian Kahn's in the league. Uh, yeah. Corbin Scott Young, some good players are in this league.
3: Yeah, same, same thing in mind. There's some good players, and like the names people probably know are Nick Pollock of Pitcher List and Al Melchior. Um, so, yeah, there, there's there's always like two or three people in these leagues like, oh, I know these names. And, you, you know, when you get the draw, I remember Al in my draft was like right next to me. And I, I swear, like every pick, he either sniped me or I'm like, oh, like maybe that's the pick I should have made. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Don't, don't you love it when you question yourself on that? So that's always good times. Uh,
3: indeed. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but, uh, you know, two weeks ago, I got, you know, I got I, I got second placed on all four of my fab bids. And I put in like, I only put in like significant player, like you know, not yeah, you know, all, all players. Are, you know, there were no one dollar bids. Let's put it that way. You know, going back to your example of Greatman, maybe I should have done a better job of that, uh, getting getting the depth guys. But I, I you know, I, I try to I tried to stay calm on my bids, calm enough that I won second place in all my bids there. So that was fun.
3: Yeah, it's funny though because like for me, um, I. I... I got Meriwether in mine, and I think I had the second lowest winning bid in all the TGFBI's of like one thirteen. Like it was kind of a show me bid. Like I didn't think I'd get him, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's all right. Of course, now he's hurt. So you know, you you kind of go back and forth, and then. I think I spent 22 on Chris Chris Davinsky, which at the time I thought, oh, that, that, that's okay. And of course, you know he's he's gone, and I already cut him. So, yeah, that, that's that's just the nature of Fab sometimes. And I, I think that's why, unless I'm really certain about somebody, I, I don't go like four or five hundred dollars on like one player. You know, you know, just because like you know Merriweather looked great, and you know, I think people who spent 300 350 on him, I I wasn't questioning them. But now you, you sort of wonder, it's like, you know, do you hang on to Julian Merriweather for three or four weeks? And if you spend that much, I think you almost have to, right? Like, I, I know it sounds weird, but I, I, it'd be kind of weird to cut him if, if you made that kind of investment.
2: Right, right. I, I, I get you on that. I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I, I, you know in theory, we should be arguing that cost has already sunk. If he's truly yeah. valueless, they valueless, send him away. But he's not truly valueless. He's just out right. right now. When he comes back, he could go back to closing games for all we know. Unless, you know, Romano runs with it and goes seven for seven or something like that, which also could happen, by the way. But in which case, then I think then, then you're a lot more justified in making that quicker cut. Uh, but yeah, it, it is, is fun on that, uh, trying to deal with that. Uh, in mixed labor, I, I won want, I want a similar bid on uh, Emmanuel Classe, actually. Uh, you know, labor, as you know, has much more restrictive fab rules, but I won him for 23. I think someone else also had 23, but my good fortune, I was lower in the standings. So, that, you know, yay, I won a tiebreaker that way. Yeah,
3: I, I, heard, I heard you and Fred talking about that, and I, I think you've, uh, you've been pretty aggressive in, in that league so far, right? Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at your overall. Like you're, yeah. So you're in 10th in labor mix, but you're, you're not way down. Like, it looks like there's a big clump of teams right ahead of you.
2: Right. Uh, that, that's kind of the way it went. And I've been aggressive in Fab. I always am, and I always tell myself, well, I'm going to be patient. And then Classe comes around, and you're like, i got to get him. I mean, because then I don't have to worry about closers the rest of the way. I'm fine, right? Except Kieran yeah. got to save an extra innings the other day. But I, I think that's only because Kloss I pitched the day before.
3: Yeah, it, it, again, closers are so unpredictable. Like, you know, we're, we're all talking about the Marlins. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking today as as they're playing, it looks like Dylan Floro is is into close. And, and you're just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still, you know, Yummy, but you're you're just yeah, shaking. He pitched
2: the last two days. That's why.
3: Yeah, okay, That that's why. So that that makes some sense. Yeah, I, I didn't actually even realize that.
2: Yeah, he got the save yesterday, and then in that extra inning game, he went like one and a third. I may have been oh, the okay. last three days. Point is, I think he's
3: down today. Oh. Yeah, and it's, a, it's April, too. And, you know, it's April coming off the short season, so teams aren't going to, you know, push someone, you know, it, 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 to the extreme.
2: Yeah, and meanwhile, the Braves have loaded the bases with no outs against Floro, too, so there's that. Same thing as A.J. Minter is the guy that blew the save for the Braves in the, in the top of the ninth. So I think it's because Will Smith had been active the last couple of days. So. Oh,
3: okay. That yes, makes I sense. I think
2: that's the case. I need to double-check on that, make sure there's no
3: injury to Smith. Yeah, and no, I'm laughing because you were talking about TGFBI. So I, I told you pre-show, you know, I sat Michael Pineda. And, of course, because of the uncertainty, because of the cancellation of Monday, of course, he goes out and seven innings, three base runners, six strikeouts. So, yeah, I, I feel great about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Good times. Good times, indeed.
2: Yeah, Will Smith had pitched... Four of the last five days, so I'm not surprised You know, he was out. And Chris Martin on the I.L., that's why Minter got the chance and coughed it up, gave up two runs. And now it looks like is going to do the same. We'll see about that. Um, finally, uh, well, we still have two more. Let's go Labor. I was doing the commentary on Zoom for Baseball HQ's first pitch, Florida, uh, while you guys were doing the AL Labor salary cap draft. Uh, and it was – no, in excuse me, in labor uh, salary cap draft. And it, I, I was watching you do your thing, and you're going stars and scrubs, which is because I compete against you in Tal Wars. I, I think you had been more of a spread-the-risk guy against me. So I was like, oh, this is different. This is a different Mike. I like it, but it's different.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think some of it was the nature of the online room, and, and some folks were not getting to their bids fast enough. Yeah. And you know, honestly, there's one or two players that I, like I, I like Walker Bueller, but I, I kind of wish I had like two pitchers like in in the fourteen like the thirteen dollar range as opposed to Bueller. On um, the same thing with the hitting, like I, I think it was Will Myers at the end. Will Myers been good, you know, pre injury, but like there were one or two hitters I kind of wish I had instead of just him. But yeah, honestly, it, it's worked out better so far than I would have expected, and and some of that is like some of the the low end Brewers I, I've gotten like Travis Shaw playing. Um even Eric Gonzalez, you know, I, I know, you know, if you're in a mix league, like who cares about him? But he's playing enough um, with the Cabrian Hayes injury that that for an NL only at a buck, he he's been productive. You know, eight runs batted in and you know, average hasn't hurt me. And then the pitching side, um, you know, Jacob deGrom forgives a lot, but it's not just him. Like it it's for the most part outside of Chad Cool. Um, I've gotten some pretty solid performances from like my back end pitcher. So it's early. Um, but you know, it, it's better to be doing well early than than doing poorly. And like right now I'm sitting in, in second place, although it's precarious. I, I could be in, you know, fifth by the time uh today's over. But yeah, I I'm pretty happy with the start given the stars and scrubs. It hasn't gone the other way where I've got like two or three injuries and the scrubs like aren't playing. Like outside of Josh Rojas, who I, I got in that league for a buck before the hype even started on him. Most of the scrubs have worked out and at a buck, you're like, well, you know if he didn't work out like so what i'll I'll find somebody else at some point
2: right uh now closers i mean that that's you know when you when you did your draft strategy, you kind of had to kind of something had to give, and for you it was closers you have daniel bard uh and you know he hasn't had that many opportunities the Rockies appear to be one of those special bad teams, but you know I think there's a lot of people like that in your in your league it's not like you know having two cl- two saves this point in the season isn't such a bad thing.
3: Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm six. They're tied for six in saves, and, and it is because there's extremes. Like there's a couple teams that have like eleven or nine saves, and a lot have zero, one, or two. And yeah, I, I wish I had another closer. And you know, I I kind of drafted you know Sean Doolittle like, and this was when this is early. This is when Amir Garrett and Lucas Sims were both hurt. Thinking, well, if they're both hurt, he might like you know pick up a save or two. He hasn't. Um, but he's actually looked decent. Like the velocity's been yeah. up, and I'm not expecting saves from him at this point, but. Yeah, I, I you kind of live with those relievers in an NL only if they're not getting saves. Um, the one person I'm probably going to cut this week is Andrew Miller just because he, he's had a couple of shaky outings. And I think that's a slot where I can kind of speculate on on somebody and, and hope for the best.
2: Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, made any trades yet? Has anybody traded yet in this league?
3: No, no trades yet. Uh Labor is usually quieter with trading and Labor NL in particular, I've noticed. Um than the other leagues I've been. Like I know Tadale, AL, which I know we'll get to, there's usually a handful of trades every year. And you know, part of the labor is you can't trade fab, and that, that kind of right. makes it tougher because you know, when you're about to cut somebody, it's always easier to go, hey, I'll I'll give you a dollar fab or you know, I'll give you a couple bucks. Um, can't do that here, so makes it a little little bit tougher.
2: It does, it does. And that's the thing about some of these leagues. I mean, this is an old school league, old school rules. You can't even do shuttle up and down. The only way you can bench a guy is if he's an original reserve or if he gets sent down. You can put him on the DL if he's been, or, you know, the IL if he's been put on the IL by his big league club. But you're afforded a lot less latitude, and that's a big deal in the NL. It means you have to every you have to either cut a guy when he's got his course field or just take, you know, take your medicine.
3: Yeah. And it affects your draft strategy too. The one thing I worried about with stars and scrubs was on the pitching side for that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had so many pitchers, you know, I mentioned Chad cool. Um, but like David Peterson, you know, Adrian Hauser, uh, you know, just a lot of those pitchers at a buck or two where it's like, yeah, I I better be right. Because if I'm not, um, it 's ride or die, and and part of the strategy is I took a lot of starting pitchers on reserve for that reason, um, not even so much for the the flexibility of those pitchers, but just to be like, okay, well, you know if peterson or cool don 't work out, I have somebody behind them that I can shuttle in you know, and then you know pick someone else up to to kind of hope that they 're the next in line
2: right that 's right finally, the one league we 're in together is uh, a l Towers. wars, and uh, last year like i said last year, you were more of a spread-the-risk guy. I don't think you were that this year, if I recall correctly, though.
3: Yeah, well, last year, remember, I, I did the nine reliever strategy. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I, I thought about doing it this year, but I, I decided not to, although I, I did build my prices to, to kind of be contingent for it. I think I wound up spending 54 on pitching. Um, so I, it is more of a stars and scrubs. I got Mike Trapp for 50. Um, but I also got Luis Robert or Robert. I, I'm not I'm still not sure Robert. which for, right. for 28 it's Robert. Um, but yeah, it's closer to stars and scrubs. Like it's not quite as, as heavy. Um, probably the, the big mistake I made there is I, I kind of wish I had another like, like high quality middle infielder. I've got Freddie Galvis and Jose Iglesias and I know they'll play, but it's ugly. Um, so yeah, and I'm currently in last in, in large part, cause I had two early injuries in Luke Voigt and Kyle Lewis, um, and Tasker Hernandez is currently on uh, the COVID IL. Um, so bad start, but also injuries have played a bit of a part in that. Although some of his Lodi Lodi Tavares has just been rough oh. and truthfully, if not for the injuries, he'd be on my bench. I, I just, he's up cause I was kind of like, well, I, I'm hoping he, he steals, but he has like one steal and yeah, he, he just looks Brutal. I, I think if there were minor leagues, he, he'd be there right now.
2: He set the tone on opening day with, I think, four strikeouts and five plate appearances. It was – and it's, it hasn't gotten better since.
3: You, you, you just I, I've watched him he, he just looks lost like he just doesn't like look like Kess and Yura look lost the first week and a half I've seen signs mm-hmm. that Yura might like break out like he's not swinging everything he's taking some walks he's taking pitches that are borderline he's like well I, I shouldn't swing at this leodi 's not doing that like he's just swinging at everything and looks he looks terrible
2: he does he does indeed well, maybe we can find a way to make a trade here I'm I'm thoroughly average in that league so far middle of the pack uh Three, you know, Bloomfield, uh, Glennon, Rick, and Liss are all kind of like, uh, you know, you're kind of trading first place on a daily basis. Those are the three teams. I'm just pretty mediocre in that league. Hopefully it'll change.
3: Yeah, team, I mean, I yeah, it. like I said, it, it's I, I don't think I have a last place team. Um, I I think the bigger concern I have here is you know because I didn't spend a lot on pitching, I I need somebody to to step forward. And you know, Lizardo, Jesus Lizardo, who I spent the most on, has kind of been up and down and hasn't been very good. And here again, I didn't spend on closers, but because I did took Meriwether on reserve, um, and because I took a Brian Garcia as a couple saves, I'm actually not you know completely sucking wind in saves and you know, have a little bit there.
0: Yeah.
2: That could, yeah, I think that's the play there. I'm hoping Cesar Valdez gets me a few and Liam Hendricks actually starts getting more saves and then I can have some flexibility there. So we'll see about that. Um, so that's kind of a industry-wide update on some of our leagues. Uh, Mike, what are you doing at BP these days?
3: Uh, I'm still doing the Fab Review, although this, this year I'm focusing more on a TGFBI just because it, it's like a League of Leagues. And I, I think Talent and labor, while they're interesting, sometimes it, it's too much inside baseball. Um, TG FBI, because there's so many people playing it, it's more interesting to look at like what 28 or 29 different leagues are doing. Uh, and then I'm just doing like a kind of a weekly, like freestyle column that this, this week's column, uh, just was sort of my usual, like it's really early, like don't panic. Don't, don't overreact. Although I did, yeah, I did make the point, like you, you can trade. I, I think sometimes people are afraid to trade April. I, I don't think you should be like, if you have a deficiency and you know a reasonable person to work with you, there's no reason not to, to do that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think you're right about that. And it's always tough, like, making those cuts early on, especially TGFBI, NFBC, where you have no DL slots. You have to actually make that decision. Okay, I got this injured guy. Do I stash him or do I uh, try to make it it through? It's not always easy to do.
3: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, TGFBI is tough because there's no – you know, labor and tout, there's that unlimited IL. So you, you can just stash and stash and stash. Um, you don't even have an IL in, in NFBC formats or TGFBI, so you have three or four injuries early. You know, obviously, if it's it's someone like Montez who I mentioned before, you're you're going to keep him. Um, but like I, I cut who did I cut? Like I cut Jordan Hicks because I'm like, well, honestly, I get it. He'd be closer to a month, but I I can't like wait a month on him when those reserve slots are precious.
2: He's sitting on my reserves in in, in TGFBI right now as we speak. Uh, yes, I, I fully understand that uh, pressure.
3: Uh, well. Well, for me, I, I stashed Bobby Witt there, so it was a kind of a, a decision between Witt and Hicks, and I was like, you know what, I, I I'd rather wait on Hicks. A, I mean, Witt a couple of weeks and see what happens there.
2: Uh, I have both Hicks and Pomerantz, by the way, and you know, and and Alvarado on my bench, and Wade Davis. I, I need to. I
3: was hoping yeah. one of those would get a little bit more definition, and I could roll with it there and cut the other. But, but we'll see. But 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 you know Pomerantz is useful because even like oh. a bad six starter in a fifteen team mix, I'd almost rather roll with Pomerantz. I agree, and particularly early, like early on when when relievers are getting more wins, like left and right, you you might get lucky with a win. Like you were, you were mentioning Begon before. Um, in the one league I had begun, like getting those two wins early from him was, yeah, I wanted the saves, but those wins were nice.
2: Wins are so precious. It's it's amazing when you do projections in the in early you know in draft season, you add two wins to a guy's projection. It's it is, it's not adding two dollars to his projection. It's adding like ten, or maybe I'm maybe saying it. it's adding five. It's it's a big it's a big bump. It's not just like oh one equal, you know win equals one one dollar. It's it's more than that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those wins are, those wins are gold. And you know, I, I think I've heard you and Fred or, or someone else on your podcast talk about this. Like we, we lose so many wins now and, and saves to like free agency, where where just nobody gets them. Mm-hmm. So if, if you manage to have that, like you know, Pomeranz win in your active roster as opposed to your bench, that's that's huge. Indeed, it is. Uh, and you have the podcast as well. Yep, flags fly forever. Uh, me, John Hagelin, my co-host, who's also in in TGFBI and Tout, and and quite a good player. He was uh, he won his uh, TGFBI and was in that League of Champions, and then Samuel Hales, our, our producer. So yeah, we we do that every weekend season. And what day is that up? Uh, it's usually on Fridays. We record Thursdays. I'll actually be recording that uh, tonight. Hopefully, my voice is not uh, not too hoarse at, at that time after doing the show with you.
2: I appreciate you doing that, Mike. Great stuff as always. Great to catch back up with you. Uh, thanks for joining us today.
3: Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Hope to be on again soon.
2: You bet, Mike Gianella. Everybody, uh, you know, obviously uh, go go get check them out at Baseball Perspectives. Follow them on Twitter at Mike Gianella uh, and listen to Flags Fly Forever. This has been the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We do appreciate you. Uh, And we'll uh, be back at you again tomorrow
3: with Todd Zola and Clay Link with Two Start Starters. Thanks for listening.